What's up, you guys? We are definitely back for episode two, round two of this um, podcast for Kingdom Threads. We're super excited about what we have to talk to you guys about with the recent events that we have seen in the media and what's going on in our culture. I think this is so important for us as uh, leaders, as Christians, those who have anything to do with what's happening in the culture. This is a critical um, time for us um, as believers and as uh, the Christian community. And so uh, our topic for this evening is called Make Room. Mm. Make room for leaders and make room for others. And so we're definitely excited about that and what we have to share with you guys. Yeah. And um, I think, like you said earlier, that this is absolutely crucial for us to be able to talk about these things and like change our direction and what we have planned out to talk Mm -hmm. about current events. Um, I think that's awesome. Uh, I think more people need to do that, the mm-hmm. focus on different things that are going on in the world and not just brush them aside and uh, let them go, let them go. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about tonight is Kanye West and his new album, Jesus is King. Um, I'm really pumped about this. The album's actually, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I've heard leaders, pastors, colleagues at work all talk about this. Um, I think the coolest thing is that literally people are looking up Jesus is King. Like those three words, like yes. I, I think it's also really cool. Like in the Bible, it talks about how the rocks will cry out and you literally have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, literally tweeting out Jesus is King. So cool. uh, yeah, that's, that's absolutely awesome. Um, the thing we did want to bring up tonight though, is how it has caused just a huge tiff within the Christian community. Um, that's and, a good word by the way too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so um, I've read in so many blog posts and so many groups that really groups that aren't even like political, religious, and um, it's just been, what's going on with Kanye? Is this real? Is this a scam? Is he just trying to make more money? Um, and you have people arguing both ways and questioning their faith and just, that's absurd to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really just hope that we're able to break this down tonight and uh, maybe uh, help others gain some understanding and maybe develop their own opinion about it and then go about a graceful way of yeah. engaging with one another. I know you and I have sent uh, several text messages uh, over the last three weeks now concerning this and just our own opinions and our own thoughts about this and how we feel that is absolutely necessary for us to talk about mm-hmm. this uh, on our platform that we have. And so, so yeah. All right, so digging into Kanye, um, the first thing I really would love to talk about is the fact that Kanye has been held to an incredible standard, some that none of us will ever see. Um, And I guess to be clearer with that is um, he is held to the standard of a celebrity. And celebrities and Christianity have never really meshed well together. You know, it's like a different kind of, it's almost like vanity, pride. It's a lot of that that some of them have. And, you know, it's not everybody. Um, and I mean, I struggle with vanity and pride as well. So it's all on different levels. But um, I think the issue with Kanye is that he's being held to a different standard than you or I or anyone mm-hmm. else who is just, um, you know, day in and day out living life. Um, and then you have your guys like Chad Beach, um, Rich Wilkerson, Judah Smith, all of these guys who are celebrity Christians in a sense. Um, but before they hit that celebrity status, they had time to develop. So in the quiet, in the dark, they were developing. And then they came to this stage and God has elevated them and put them on a stage and a platform so that they can reach tons of people. Um, But Kanye has jumped onto the scene and 
people are automatically holding him to this standard, which is completely unfair. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the issue with that is that you know the higher expectations people are looking for that crash, mm-hmm. so they they can be like, oh, I know it's not real. Oh yeah, I knew yeah. that would happen. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times, you know, I feel like we do that in the body of Christ. Yeah, and you know, I was saying to you earlier today where um, if we are not careful, we will make Kanye a casualty of the Christian church. I love that. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Kanye is a person. Yeah. He's just like you and I. Yes, he has a platform. He has um, this celebrity status. Uh, he's famous. He's well known. Um, but he's still a person. Yeah. He needs Jesus just as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Just as much as you do. Um, and so if we're not careful in the way that we treat Kanye, he'll become a casualty in the church. And we've seen that so mm-hmm. many times with so many actors and actors, so many uh, people uh, who are Christians, but they have this, this status as a celebrity and they, they get to this place in this platform and we elevate them to this level that they are almost like a God in themselves. Mm. And we treat them that way. And so when they do have some type of failure or when they do have some type of issue that happens in their life, we was like, man, I can't believe they did this. Mm-hmm. You know, they were my role model. Yeah. They were just such and such. And so it's us having the ability to not make them uh, bigger than what they actually are. Wow. Um, yeah. And looking at them at the same level that I look at you look at other leaders and people that I know and stuff like that. And so it's just being able to keep their celebrity status, allow them to be Christians, but allow them to be people. They're people first. Mm -hmm. They're human beings first. And so when we understand that uh, aspect of it, we're able to uh, not just look at them as a a celebrity. And you had mentioned uh, several famous preachers that that you and I follow and stuff that we uh, love to listen to and watch. But uh, these men, they also know a lot of famous people. They've mentored and counseled and and been there with those people in the trenches. And so I think that when we treat people as people, uh, we put aside the, their celebrity status and we focus on them. How's their soul? Yeah. Uh, what they're doing personally? How's their, their natural uh, relationship with their spouse? How's their relationship with God? How's their relationship with their friends? And it's not just, oh, this person made you know, all these million dollars and they have all these albums and they have all these things going on in their life and they're famous and, oh, I can't approach this person. At the end of the day, they're just people. And we don't want casualties of the church. Hmm. And there's been, that has happened for years. um, And at the end of the day, it's it's not good. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I think what has happened is, you know, they have held someone or Kanye to a different standard Mm -hmm. instead of saying, all right, this guy's a new Christian. Mm-hmm. Let's see what his fruits are. Let's see yeah. what, what fruits come of this seed that has been mm-hmm. planted, you know. Um, and uh, It takes time. Exactly. It takes yeah. time. It's mm-hmm. not something that's just going to show yeah. up right there. And there are, like, there are things. Um, I still consider myself a newer Christian. And there are still things that hit me from the past. And I'm like, wow, man, you know. And, like, there you cannot expect someone to be sanctified overnight. Sanctification sure. is a process. Yeah. You know, it's not... You're changed automatically. You are changed in a sense, giving your life to Christ and your your desires are more bent towards Christ's will and what he desires for you and the will he has for your life. Yeah. But um, you still have that past that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, 
and I think there's a lot of psychology stuff that, that deals with that. You know, people people go to therapy, and that's that's a real thing. And I encourage that. Mental health is so incredibly important, and dealing with things from your past is so incredibly important. Um, and I think, as far as Kanye, a lot of people are holding his past against mm-hmm. him, and that's not fair. Because I know when I first gave my life to Christ, if I had people um, in my corner or people who were like, "Hey, man, I'd love to see you saved. I'd love to see you at church," and then I get saved, and they're like, "Ah, but you know what, man." I don't think that's real. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you need to be talking to small groups. Yeah. I don't think you need to be playing bass on Sunday. You know, like, and I, I just know that would have been so hard for me. I'm sure you completely agree. Mm-hmm. Also, the yeah. doubt absolutely destroys. And um, I think something really important to do is just be hoping and praying for protection over Kanye, um, regardless of whether or not it's real or not. That's not for you or I to determine. Yeah, it's absolutely. to be grateful for the fact that hey, people are literally searching. Jesus is King, and so many people are coming to Christ through this album and seeing like, hey man, this guy is 180 degrees different. Um, and I made a comparison in a conversation not long ago uh, about Paul and how dramatic of, an, of a change that was. It was to the point where Saul at that time, Paul, had just been knocked off his horse and he was, you know, in a in a home. And the Lord spoke to Ananias, and Ananias is first comment back to the Lord was, wait a second, God, like, I've heard about this guy. He's killing people. He is after me and people might like me. That's crazy. I can't do that. Um, and I'm sure like at the same time, people have a lot of the same thoughts. Like, no, this can't be real. Like, there's no way Saul has been converted. Like, I'm sure they were super skeptical. Mm -hmm. Um, when he went and like saw the disciples, what do you think that was like? What do you think their thoughts were? Yeah. I knew his reputation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that that's just, I, I think a lot of that's just human nature, but I think mm-hmm. it's something that we need to learn to accept. And, um, I think, uh, I think of, of one of the biggest difference with the, the whole Kanye West and even like Justin Bieber mm-hmm. and some of these other, uh, uh, celebrities or famous people who are uh, coming out strong on their Christian faith now, um, is that their reputation preceded them publicly. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like nobody knows my past. But close friends, you know, one knows your past up for close friends and people you dealt with. But to publicly have your uh, past and your reputation displayed for everybody to see and uh, your sinful acts or whatever it may be that people are looking at, like that's that's the difference. It's, and so people are really skeptical and it's like, yeah, we're waiting to see the fruit from this. Is this mm-hmm. is this real or is it breaking? And, and like you said, you know, that's not up for us to decide. Yeah. You know, uh, that's between him and Jesus. And as, as long as the gospel is being preached, yeah. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And regardless, going along with that, I think that any word that is preached um, and, and going into who needs to be preaching the word, that's a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. But any word that is preached to you, it's we are supposed to test that. Yeah. We are supposed to say, Holy Spirit, yeah. is this real? Should this take ground in my soul? And um, Even from our own pastors that we see every exactly. Sunday. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times people uh, go ahead and try to test that for themselves. Right? Mm-hmm. Nah, that can't be true. You know, I can't listen to any of that stuff. Um, Kanye is in the perfect position. He has influence and he is there in the public eye so people can see. So if, like that change that has happened in his life, I hope that it comes back and people are like, wow. So yeah, I think this brings us um, and segues right into um, the second portion of what we're wanting to talk to you guys about. And that is uh, make room for leaders. Make room for leaders. And uh, in the last month, 
John MacArthur has uh, stated some very discouraging and inappropriate and uh, crazy comments uh, concerning Beth Moore and also women in leadership. And so we definitely want to dive into that. We think that that's important for uh, us to talk about. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I 100% wholeheartedly believe that women should be involved in church leadership. Women should be preachers. Women should be uh, a part of the fivefold ministry. Women uh, have a place where God is going to use them um, to do his great work that he's wanting to accomplish, uh, not only in their life, but through the kingdom. And so, yeah, I believe that. um, How do you feel concerning women in leadership? Yeah, I completely believe in empowering women. Um, Honestly, the greatest comment that I've heard lately, um, and I actually read it on Instagram by a pastor that I really respect, and it was, um, while all of this stuff is going on, all of this commotion about whether women should be leaders in the church, the comment was, I'm going to remain committed to loving them, learn from them, help them, pray for them, honor them, and champion them. And I think that that's the most important thing that we Mm -hmm. can do. Um, it's really not our job to say, oh, well, just because of this, we're going to lift them up. You know, God will do that. God establishes, God establishes his children. Absolutely. God establishes you. God establishes me. He doesn't need our help. And the Lord has established so many women who have led people to the Lord and been given platforms and positions where they are able to speak in front of so many people. And I think it's absolutely absurd that people don't think that women should be able to speak in front of people mm-hmm. because it was actually... Christine Kane at Passion Conference that actually led me to a point where I was absolutely so wrecked that I had no choice but surrender to the Lord. Wow. Um, and I, just, I fully do. I, I agree with you. I completely believe that women should be able to lead in a church setting and lead in a spiritual setting. Um, I fully, fully agree with that. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it has to do with people, they look at Scripture and they don't understand, number one, the historical um, text behind it, but they also don't understand what's going on in the culture um, when the scripture was written and what was going on at that time. So they don't have the context of what scripture is saying. And so they, they look at, you know, First Timothy 2 and verse 12, uh, and we'll actually start with uh, verse 11, where it says, you know, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. Uh, I do not permit a woman. That's the first key right there. I, Paul is writing this to Timothy. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. And so they don't understand the context of what that is saying. And uh, just to break it down um, in the simplest form, um, back in those times, women did not have education um, like they have now. And so uh, what would happen is, uh, women and men, they would be inside of the temple and the men would sit on one side and the woman would sit on another. And the person who was teaching, in this case, it was Paul, he's teaching and displaying what is going on. And the woman will literally shout across the road to her husband asking, like, what is going on? What are you talking about? What's going on with this and that? And, and Paul is saying, no, a woman should learn quietly right there and then, and then at home, take that to her husband and ask, hey, what is what is this about? What was the preacher talking about this? So that there would not be a disturbance in the camp. Um, and so that the teaching could continue to go forth and so that people can continue to learn. And so this is what Paul is telling Timothy. He's saying, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man, uh, rather that she must remain quiet in that moment. 
And I think they took that and made it a commandment mm-hmm. and made this as part of, oh, God is not wanting women to teach yeah. over men to have any authority over men. And we just know that's just not true. Yeah, nowhere and, in that sentence they say, yeah, I, the Lord your God, do not permit. Absolutely. Blank. And so there's there's times where if we're not careful, we will exalt the teachings of Paul over the teachings of Christ. Mm-hmm. And Christ has said that, you know, I want women to to have authority. I want women to teach. A part of the Great Commission is to go and to teach them to obey all that I command. And so we 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 look at scripture and we don't understand um the context behind it. We don't understand the historical facts behind it. And we take it and we run with it and we try to make it doctrine hmm. and theology. And we have literally denominations that are built on upon um false teachings that, that God has himself never allowed or made whole for us to take root in. And so we get teachings like that. We go even go even further into First Timothy 3, where it talks about the qualifications of an overseer. It says, uh, this is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to be in the office of an overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, husband of one wife. And so they, they look at husband of one wife, and it's like, oh, well, a woman can't be an overseer. And I don't think that's true. We have, there's plenty of examples in scripture where women not only exercise authority over men, but women also taught men. Um, and people argue, well, they taught men, but it wasn't in the, the setting of the church. And, you know, I beg to differ with that. And we don't have to argue or debate this uh, now, but I believe that women have the authority to be teachers. I believe women have the authority to be leaders. I believe that women have the authority to um, preach the gospel. And so uh, this whole comment that uh, John MacArthur stated uh, concerning Beth Moore, it was just, it was distasteful. Hmm. It was very distasteful. It was, it wasn't encouraging. No. It didn't lead people closer to Christ. No. It, um, I, I was telling you this uh, earlier, even in this, um, we have to be mindful that sometimes we wound our own. That we have so much friendly fire amongst Christians that there's no reason for us to even have the enemy of Satan. Because if we are attacking each other, then he's not doing anything. He's just going to sit back and let it happen. Yeah. And so uh, we get off task and we try to make small little things seem bigger than what it is. Mm -hmm. In the grand scheme of life in Christianity, this shouldn't be a conversation that we should be having. I don't I don't see how this it matters. What is it to John MacArthur? What is it to the people who side with John MacArthur if she preaches? If you don't if you and I think you have posted this uh because I have put something on Facebook and you have posted this in response to some guy that was trying to bait us and to argue with us and you have said something to the effect of, um, if you're not learning from them, why why does that matter? If you're not sitting under their teaching and under their authority, that doesn't that shouldn't matter to you. Yeah, and for women to be asked by individuals who are respected mm-hmm. to come and speak in front of crowds, I mean you gotta think and, and and for someone to say, no, they should not be able to do that, then they are devaluing the word that God has given them Absolutely. and the lives that have been saved through the word that God has given them. You think that it is by chance or a complete mistake or that they are being completely disobedient 
by preaching the word of God and bringing souls to the Lord? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. no. The harvest is meant for all of us. Absolutely. We are meant to harvest for the kingdom. Yeah. It's not meant for just men. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's just, it's so heartbreaking. Actually, yeah. It's very disappointing. And I think um, just like you were saying, like, the enemy doesn't have to do anything sometimes mm-hmm. because we're so busy destroying ourselves and people are seeing that. Like, what is the draw to Christianity when we're knocking down Kanye mm-hmm. and and they're saying, oh, uh, maybe I don't want that. Yeah. Maybe I don't want that spot. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want someone picking at me. Or they're saying, hey, women have no place in church. And there's a woman who's saying, I feel something inside of me. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to, can I not do that? Yeah. You know, there's, there is absolutely no draw when you are sitting here picking apart one another. Yeah. And it's it's very sad. And even now, like um our defense, someone someone will be offended by it. And mm-hmm. it's just it's very heartbreaking. Um and it's something that we just need to have more grace for and be better at communicating about um and not getting offended by. Absolutely. Um, and I think it is very important um just to understand context. Mm-hmm. And before you had brought up how it was laid out in the temple. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really do appreciate that. And I think that it's so important to dig in, dive in and find out more, more details about each of these things. Um, yeah. I think you said something earlier about the harvest. Uh, for, for so long, uh, men wouldn't come to church. And so the women had to step up um, and, and be leaders. The women had to step up. The women were the ones who were going to church for their families. Um, and so when we look at scripture and we see it in the totality of what God is trying to do with this uh, end time movement that is happening in the church um, to, to push the kingdom forward, he is going to use anybody, anybody who is willing, anybody who says, here am I, Lord, send me, anybody mm-hmm. who is saying and wanting to step up to the plate, he's willing to use. And so he doesn't care if it's the raven. He doesn't care if it's a donkey. He doesn't care if it's a woman. He doesn't care if it was a Republican, a Democrat. Like the, we have, we have made so many divisions and so many uh, false dichotomies and so many craziness to separate us uh, with all these. Uh, and I'm not bashing like denominations and things like that. I believe in um, certain denominations and what they stand for. But we've made all of these different things to get us off the mark. And God is saying, the end, you are living in the end times right now. And I will use whoever it is so that we can have a great harvest of souls. Exactly. And so there is a revival coming. And I, if I want to use women to speak the gospel, so be it. Why not? Mm-hmm. And so if, if women are stepping up to the plate and saying, hey, I want to be a pastor, absolutely. But this breaks the next question or the next thought to leaders, what are we doing? The ones who are saying, I'm for women preachers, are you really for women preachers? Have you allowed women to actually preach at your church? Or are you just saying that because it's the popular thing to do? And so it's it's us stepping up as leaders and not only com- um, empowering them and encouraging them, but giving them the platforms, giving them the opportunities to lead, giving them the opportunities to be ordained and to, to pastor and to teach and to be evangelists and to be prophets and, and apostles and all these things and stuff. And to actually live out the calling that God has placed in your life and not pigeon-toe them into one um, particular um, either denomination or one particular stance so that they can actually spread the gospel. 
And yeah. so I think that's so important. And my question for uh, pastors and leaders are, are you just saying this with your mouth or are you actually living this with your actions? Are you actually uh, allowing women to step up to the plate and to teach? Are you allowing women to preach? Are you allowing women to, to lead and to, to um, develop ministries and strategies and stuff for your church? Or is this something that we're going to spend another century trying to battle? Because this has been happening since Jesus' time and even before then. And so uh, will we truly believe in 2019 going into 2020 that women not only belong in leadership, but they're being empowered, they're being encouraged, and they're being supported to actually walk out this leadership role? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And and, um, just a verse that backs that up is Acts 2, um, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And daughters, sons mm-hmm. and daughters. There, that's it's equality right there. Yeah. And there is there's no no dividing line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we need to to take that word for word and just understand sons and daughters will prophesy. And a prophecy is to speak as if divinely inspired. Mm-hmm. And how could you not share something mm-hmm. that was divinely inspired, you know, by God? Yeah. How are you expected to keep that to yourself? It amazes me how the living word, Jesus, came through a woman. Um, Jesus didn't start his earthly ministry um, until his mother spoke to him. Jesus befriended women throughout his three and a half years uh, in his earthly ministry. Uh, Jesus appeared after the resurrection uh, to women first. Uh, Jesus has always been a proponent for women. He has always... Um, allowed women to have a place uh, in his camp. Uh, even though the Bible doesn't necessarily point that out, there there were women who were followers of Christ. Um, there were women who believed him, even more so than even some of the men. Um, and so uh, Jesus has always been about the uplifting and the empowerment and the encouragement of women. Um, and I think that's why when he gave the Great Commission, he didn't say, oh, this is only for the guys. This is only for the sons. No, he said, go. And then he says, and teach them to obey all my commands, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he's he's giving them, this is their direction. And John MacArthur is saying, no, women, you need to go home. Jesus is saying, no, women, you need to go and you need to be about the ministry that I've called you to do. Yeah, that's so good. And so that, I think that's so important for us to understand. And um, we have to make room for leaders. Mm-hmm. We have to make room for other types of leaders and people in our lives because that's how we grow. That's how we become challenged and stuff like that. So not only are we making room for others, through such as the Kanye West stuff, but we're making room for leaders with this John MacArthur uh, debacle that happened. And we're saying that women have a place in leadership with the church. And and, and I think that um, the church will continue to grow uh, as we make room. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I just want to point out that um, this push and these people advocating for women as leaders, this is not a push of feminism. This is just how it is. Mm -hmm. If anything, this is an actual case of toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. where men are putting women down. It's not stepping in, oh, being a man is a bad thing. No, this is where men are putting women Mm -hmm. down and oppressing. And that's not, there is nothing about the gospel that is oppressive. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I just wanted to. Absolutely. Yeah, and on. he even went back to try to clarify what I think he even made it even worse by saying that if we allow women to be preachers and pastors and leaders, then that means that the men are weak, no. and that is absolutely absurd. That's the most ignorant thing I've probably heard in the last decade of my life because that doesn't make any sense. How is me allowing a woman and empowering a woman to to do what God has called her to do making me weak? And even for husbands, like that should be something that you should aspire to empower your wife to 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 lead and to to uh, be all that God has called her to do and fulfill the, the very mission and the vision that God has called over her life. And if that is in ministry, if that is in leadership and um, that's fine, that's, there's a purpose for that. There's a purpose that God has created her to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that is um, again kind of touching on what we talked about a little bit last week, just being a body. Yeah, you know, we are meant to have unity, and we are all created equal. Um, and I almost don't wonder if some of those guys who are offended about women being leaders, if they get offended when we are referred to as the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that's I, I love talking about these things. I think it's so very important for people to actually bring up these issues, touch on them. Um, and then open it up for conversation. And again, yes, we welcome anybody. We we are so thankful and we were ecstatic to see how many people responded to us on the last episode. Yeah. And we are so um, looking forward to the conversations that this episode of Make Room uh, will spark. And we hope that um, it just helps us sharpen each other. And, uh, Absolutely. Forward. I think it, there's a there's a place for this. Um, for us to make room in our life, um, not just at Thanksgiving table, but just to make room for uh, everything that God is calling for us to do. Uh, be inspired. Uh, make room in your own personal life uh, with leaders. Make room in your own personal life with those who uh, may not be saved or who are newly saved and um, welcome them into the experience. Instead of um, talking about them, why don't we um, encourage them and actually reach out to them? And so, yeah. So, uh, definitely enjoyed you guys listening to this. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, epic for uh, us and uh, be blessed.